So recently, if you guys aren't aware, I posted a new YouTube video if you want to check it out. Mahua Khan laughed at them on YouTube. (laughs) But I got a new cat, right? Her name is Toffee Bellatrix. Bellatrix after my, you know, favorite Harry Potter character. She's almost one years old. She's not a Leo, but she is a Virgo. Like this man. So this cat, we were trying to find her in the house. We're like, where the hell is she? You know, she's missing. So then after a few hours, we're like, okay, like, she's probably hiding. She'll come out soon. But my dad, you know, the great man that he is, trying to find things, he went outside to go check, you know, like, you know, maybe she got outside somehow. This friggin' cat is just straight chilling in the backyard of my neighbor's house. And then we try to go get her. She doesn't want to come back home. Makes it seem like we were, like, abusive to her or something. But we weren't. She just we wanted weren't. to do some exploring. We gave her so much love. Yeah, too much exploring. She couldn't freaking explore the house that we gave her. But then finally, we had to lure her in. Well, first, I told my brother, I was like, get the box so we can put her in the box and bring her inside. Tell me why my brother brings home, brings out the litter box. Why would she go in the litter? Why would she come to our house in the litter box? But anyways, we finally got her home. So, good That's ending. A nice story. You yep. want to hear about my week? Yep. I could. This all happened the same day. I couldn't by the way. hear anything. I couldn't hear anything for a week. Like I don't know what was like. This one morning, I woke up and I couldn't hear anything out of my left ear, and I thought it'd go right. away. It got worse. Mm. So mm. I was just like a half deaf man for for the week. And right, then right, right. I I got sick of it and I went to the doctor. I had to go to like three different doctor offices because one was too busy. One didn't accept my insurance. Blah blah. And I eventually got my ears flushed. Because he was a dirty man. His ear was no, full of wax. No, Okay, yeah, but I can <laughs> hear. I, I shed a tear after I... Uh, but say the part after that would happen. Oh, and then there was a there was a freaking lightning storm mini tornado hurricane in, in the <laughs> Orlando storm. area. Freaking my, my apartment complex got struck by lightning. The, the fire <laughs> alarm rang. And we had to stand outside for like an hour. And it's so funny because I was on FaceTime with him while it happened and his whole apartment just shook and it was so loud. Yeah. And this man just got his ears cleaned so he wasn't <laughs> able to listen to high high volumes. And there was like full thunder uh, going on outside. It was all right, so all funny. Right. So um, today our topic, we wanted to talk about anxiety. And I was listening to Emma Chamberlain's podcast the other day. You know, I love that girl. She was talking about anxiety, and a lot of the things she said were very relatable. For example, like, you can get anxious about the fear of losing all your friends, the fear that people are going to turn against you, um, the fear of death. Those are very relatable things, right? But I feel like South Asians also have those fears, but there's greater fears that other people don't realize. And I feel like we got to bring it to the forefront, you know? Because some of these some of these things that we've been feeling for so freaking long, like we've kind of had to push it under the rug or like it's watered down in our household. Like usually obviously that um mental health isn't really accounted for in the house, right? So we just kinda wanna talk about it. Um I know Mashoon also has some thoughts about anxiety. What do you wanna say about that? So when when you brought brought up this topic and like I, I said yeah in the beginning of course. Um, you know, think about it more. I didn't really want to talk about like this topic because I think I put like I take this stuff very serious, right? Like topics such as anxiety, such as depression, like things things in that realm. Like I don't 
I don't like to bring them up in regular conversation. I don't like to throw the words around. Like, even though, like, obviously, like, everybody feels, like, depressed at moments. Everybody feels anxious at moments. Like, every single person in the world. But I feel like by by us just making these words a commodity in regular conversation, like, heavily drowns down, like, the, the, the weight and the emphasis of, like, what it actually feels like to have that, you know, to have that feeling stuck onto you. So I think, like, before we continue with this episode, like, I personally want to give a disclaimer in that, like, by no means are we saying that, you know, we're, we're experts in this field. By no means are we saying mm-hmm. that, like, we truly understand what it's like. Of course, like, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about some, th- some, we're gonna talk about some things that make us feel anxious. We're gonna talk about things that make us, right. you know, nervous for the future. And the last thing that we want to do is, is kind of push, push down the weight of, of that word. But at the same time, we do want to make it relatable and have everybody that looks like us understand that like you know it's okay to it's okay to talk about these things but we still have to you know pay that respect to the people who are who are really going through this shit like to a certain group of people i might have grown poor compared to them like i haven't asked Mm -hmm. my parents for money since i was like 13 14 years old um but like on again like you said like to completely other group of people i was the most privileged person in the world so so like that being said i would never make a podcast and title it like growing up as a poor south asian because i don't feel like i grew up poor but you know other people might so so yeah mm-hmm. i before we continue we just want to get that clear um but by no means are we experts on, on this field but we're just here to share um some of the stuff that makes us feel anxious right so the first thing that i wanted to talk about well well, be- but before before we talk about the things do you want to tell them like why like why this is an important topic for you like why because because yeah. like most the one that brought this up and most the one that said like yo mm-hmm. i think for the next episode like i want to talk about this i was like yeah sure so right. do you want to tell them like why this is important yeah. to you right now um yeah i just feel like this episode is very important to me and i think anxiety and like you know sadness depression is relevant in everyone's lives at one point or multiple points in their lives and I think for me right now, I'm at a point where I'm just very overwhelmed and anxious because I have so many things going on. And I, I'll i probably talk about this in the future, but I've always felt like I wasn't able to really express my feelings in a household like the one that I grew up in because it wasn't going to be taken seriously. And it was kind of, it was going to be pushed under the rug. So I just thought that also, after listening to Emma Chamberlain's podcast, I just thought it was so important to also bring up like the heavier things that so many people from our demographic have grown up with. And yeah, I, I just think it's really important to bring a voice to it. Like, so oftentimes, like we pretend like everything's okay and like we just want to show the su- success, right? We don't want to show the failures. We don't want to show the behind the scenes. And I think it's important to kind of just bring light to yeah. it and make it more normal yeah do you want to first talk about some of the things that make you anxious or should i start? yeah yeah why not i'll start off um i mean so i think there is a whole realm of of anxiety in like the the field of like family and and like right. trying to make your family happy and of course like we can mm. talk on hours about how like my family brings me anxiety right like having to uphold a name I'm not going to go too in depth into that right now. Like I'm I'm trying to keep this very like like not not try to get like super duper personal yet. Um but so 
so yeah, there's a whole field of, of the family that I can talk about. But I think apart from the family, um, I think one thing I can start off is, is school. I think the last, in the last episode, I talked about how I'm, I'm a very like struggling student. I've never been good in academics, but I've always like, I've always wanted to be good. And I've always wanted to, I've always wanted to bring home like that, that 4.0 just to show my mom, you know? And, and, and most sees this like throughout the previous semesters, like I would be scared to check my grades. Like I would, I like Mo would ask me to check my grades and I'd be like, nah, like, I, I can't today. Like I just don't want to today. And yeah, cause it's gonna ruin exactly. And I'm not even like knowing if it's good or bad. It's like, I'm not saying that because like, I know they're bad. It's just like, I don't want to know if they're bad. Like I would be happier knowing that like they're like just hoping they're okay. And then like that always like comes back around and like bites me in the ass because, you know, if they were bad that whole time, I could have done something if I did check them earlier. And then towards the end of the process, I'm even more anxious. So I'm like, damn, like I could have fixed this. I'm so dumb. Blah, blah. It's this whole, Mm -hmm. you know, stigma in in my head I have to get through. So is it kind of like procrastination? Like, you know, a lot of people procrastinate because they don't want to like confront the work right away because they're anxious i i it's it's not the workload for me it's i think it's just like a a deeply laced like fear inside of me that i think i'm just so used to getting bad grades that i i just like Mm -hmm. would rather just not face the fact that my grades are bad you know it's it's Mm -hmm. dumb right it's immature i don't think it's dumb i i think it's i think it's it's not it's not mature like it's not like i i gotta like boss up and look at my look at my grades i think yeah i think the reason that i always like i can't really relate to that just because i haven't really had that experience so i i I, like don't understand it completely Mm -hmm. but also i think so so many people can relate to that and also i know i i always get mad at you for not like emailing a professor sooner or not checking your grades sooner because you could have gotten some help in some way right but that anxiety is definitely like rooted from your upbringing in some way, your education in like high, in elementary and high school. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to know if there's if there's like other people like this. I mean, I personally don't know any, but like if you can relate to that, like I would be very interested in hearing and like relating mm-hmm. to somebody on that. Yeah, I just get like I get I get so nervous to check my grades. I get so nervous to check my yeah. school email. Like there could be something great mm-hmm. waiting for me. Like I don't know, but mm-hmm. it's just like you know, I think that comes back to like the whole like definition of, it, of like anxiety in general. It might not be like a like a like oh like you you don't want to face it because you're too lazy or you're like this. It's just like a it's just like a fear that you have, right? Like it's mm-hmm. just like something inside of you that's like scared to open up, you know. So yeah, so yeah, man. Um, but I'm getting better. I I ended the semester with two Bs. I got two Woo-hoo! Bs. I almost could have gotten an A. So on top of the school, I think something else that that still brings me um, brings me anxiety at times is on my left eye. I have um, this Stormo Pass tattooed on me, and I got that in remembrance of of Hurricane Irma in 2017. Yeah, long story short, it messed up my roof, and my roof was messed up for like 10 months until we got it fixed. And like throughout those 10 months, whenever it'd be raining, whenever it'd like get get windy like the roof would like creak and and water would get through and all in all it just it just really messed me up in the head to like this day like i I still get really scared when it when it not not really rains but when there's uh when there's Mm -hmm. strong winds i still get really scared and i still get really tensed up and um but i i I think beyond just like the the rain and 
the storm messing up your house. I think you just have a lot of trauma and built up anxiety because like you had to provide stability, like financial stability in some way as well at such a young age. Like we don't have to get too much into it, but I think that also plays a part where it's like you have to do yeah, so that much was, growing up. When that happened, that was right around the time where like my dad headed out and it was just me and my mom and my sister soon moved out to Atlanta as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was, that was a tough time in general. And I think, yeah, all that combined, it, um, yeah, man, I hate rain. I hate rain. I hate storms. I hate, I hate windy weather. I hate people that are like, oh, I love, I love storms. I love thunderstorms. I love hurricanes. There's nothing to love about, there's nothing to love about hurricanes. I hate <laughs> Floridians who are so calm about hurricanes. Like people, I was like, I was like that until my house got rocked. And then that's when, like, people switch up. They're like, oh, no, we got to take it serious. Right. So, like, if you're, like, if you don't take storms serious, like, just, you know, you never know. You never it's know. It's crazy. Like, it's something little, something little like that rain that so many of us just, like, overlook. Mm-hmm. Some people aren't even scared of it. You know, it's just, like, a normal thing. It's crazy how much of an influence it had on you. And it's not, like, you're, you're, you have anxiety because of it for a stupid reason. Like, you have a genuine reason that, like, had such a big impact on your life. Like, for New Yorkers, rain doesn't really have an impact on us. Like, yeah. other than, what was that freaking hurricane? Hurricane um, Sandy. Hurricane Sandy. Well, y'all know that, about like, hurricanes. Affected New York. Y'all know <laughs> We don't. But the, th- but the thing is, Hurricane Sandy, like, affected us for a long time. But we don't really fear rain like that. Unlike, like, the Southerners who actually have to, like, you know. We don't really get tornadoes. Tornadoes and hurricanes and What's hide, so about that? hide under a bunker. Why are you laughing? <laughs> That's funny until your freaking your freaking house gets rocked. All right, all right. I mean, yeah. There again, there's a whole realm of like of like the the family side that that also brings anxiety. But I think those are those are definitely two things that um that that really rocked me. Um, I got two weeks off of school till I get back into it. So like, even though school isn't going on right now, like I'm still like I'm 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 already thinking about like my fall schedule, and that's already making me upset. It's already making me nervous. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, like even right now, like right now, just talking about it, I I just hate talking about this stuff, man. Like this is not my thing. Uh, but yeah, okay, I'm done talking. Mm-hmm. I'll let you. I'll let you have the floor. So, so what it is? What what it what it is? What is it that um that makes you feel anxious? So another thing that makes me very anxious is the concept of failure. Since you were talking about grades, I just want to talk about this briefly. But you know how you are scared of checking your grades? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to check my grades right away. Like, I got to check it before so weird. finals even goes up. Like, I'm constantly refreshing it to check my grades. And it's like, even if I get, like, a B, I'm like, ah, shit. Like, you know, That's I could have done better. I'll throw a party if I get a B. That's great. Yeah, I don't even know why. I just feel like since success has been so ingrained in us from so young, I feel like an A is like the epitome of success and anything lower than that is not good, you know? Even though like at this point in my state of where I am in school, my grades shouldn't even matter because as long as I graduate, I graduate. So we talked about that in our our second episode, but I feel like failure is a very big thing for me. Also, I don't like the concept of disappointing anyone or disappointing myself. So that's why I have like such high expectations for myself where it's like I have to get an A or I have to perform this well and that's like that make, that gives me so much anxiety because I'm like constantly overwhelming myself because 
I have to like prove myself, prove something to myself or like prove something to other people. And right. um, another thing is like since I'm a content creator and I post a lot of art and post, you know, like YouTube videos and like just a lot of content, I, a lot of people probably can't even relate to this. I feel like I have to overperform and constantly beat myself. And it's like these numbers and these levels of expectations I'm setting on my own, right? But I get really anxious with the concept of like losing it all. Like I get really anxious with the concept of letting my family down, you know? So I feel like I have to constantly like overwork myself to like provide for them and like make them proud, you know? Do you feel like, um, cause at least for me, I, I have so much confidence in myself that like, I know I'm going to be good. Oh yeah. No, I have, I have so much confidence that I'm going to be also good, but it's like in the moment when you're actually trying to get to that point where you want to be good without worry, worrying so much, it's like so overwhelming and there's just so much that you have to do. Like for example, I'm doing right now the podcast, I'm doing YouTube right now. I'm making art, I'm making my designs, I'm also doing grad school full-time. So I'm doing so many things at once, and a lot of people don't realize just how time-consuming it is, and I don't even want to get into in, into depth, um, depth with that, but it's just, like, so many things at once that I feel like I have to do to not only, like, progress myself, but also, like, eventually, like, help out my family, you know, to the point where I can just, like, provide for them financially, whatever it is. But it's like, I don't want to let them down. And I feel like I have to constantly be working right now to reap those benefits later on. Because obviously, like, I want to get to a point where it's like, I don't have to worry about as many things because um, I'm just a little bit more successful and I can hire someone to do, like, the nitty gritty, like, editing or, like, something, you know? Mm -hmm. But I want to, like, you have to get to that point by, like, constantly grinding. And I think we Mm -hmm. have, like, this notion of, of like working yourself so much to the point because like you have to repay them and i think at the end of it like our anxiety is so rooted in the fact that we have to like pay them back in some way right like have you ever had that where you just feel like you because even you you're constantly freaking working you know i don't i don't get anxious about that really like, i don't i don't because like i don't know i think there's two ways to go about it i think we we all have to repay our parents, right? Right. And I think one way is is to get is to get stressed about stressed out about it. One way is to just accept the fact that like it's something you got to do and just make it a part of like your routine. Like, don't separate it as something that like is like is like a like a a new thing to you. You know. Right. So like I don't know. I I feel like like obviously I'm gonna take care of my mom. Like, mm-hmm. I want to take care of my mom, like my sister, and like I want us to be straight. But it's like again, I think it goes back to like I know like I have so much confidence in like my my talent, my skills, and my my abilities, and that like I I know I'm gonna figure that out. And I right. think something that also plays into that is like it's crazy. Like I I feel like I like since I had no foresight in my life growing up, I feel like I have so much foresight now. Mm-hmm. In that like I see like I I I already know like a year from now I'm going to be a completely different person than I am. Right. Like I see it already. Yeah, it's crazy. Like and like I I I know that I'm going to become um even more confident and even more mature in my in myself. Yeah. And 
Like, I, I see that. Like, I can visualize Like, it's crazy. Like, like, we were literally talking about how, like, four years ago we were in high school. And we, we want to fight our high school selves. Like, we are so different from them. But, like, even, oh like, six months from now, we're going to be even more different. And then a year from now, these things that we're not complaining about, these things that we're anxious about, could be completely different in a year, right? But there's there's a big difference between, like, you know, saying that and, and like, being like, yeah, like, I'm going to be good. And also, this there's a big difference between that and, like, really, like, visualizing it. Like, mm-hmm. the visualization of, like, what you're going to be a year from now mm-hmm. is, is, is really important. And I think that's what guides me to, like, being like, yo, I'm good. You know, like, obviously, I, I have... I have a ton of shit to do. Like, mm-hmm. I, I have a lot to worry about. I have, like, a lot of stuff on my back. But I don't know. I think I think it's just, like, a, like one of the one of the things that I got out of having, like, you know, a, a rough childhood is, like, just, a, like, this, this everlasting feeling of, like, yo, I'm going to be good. Like, there's no way that, like, God put me through all of that for me to, like, you know, not you know this goes back to um i wrote i wrote a rap right like i was, I was <laughs> at work writes raps at work and and i was writing a rap and it's kind of about this let, let me let me spit it oh yeah let's so, go so I won't, I, won't, I, I won't spit it but like i'll i'll just i'll just come I'll on give you a beatbox it. oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of about this so i went so so towards the end i said i could have been a felon off the dirt that I was selling. Now I'm looking to the heavens. Like, Allah, why did you put this on my back? And now he telling me, like, yo, forget the times when you was broke. You doing well, homie. I know you better not keep thinking back about the times when you was digging in between the seats. Just trying to get some coins to eat and blowing your whole checkup on a pack. Because you was stressed back then, but now you feeling stressed again. But now the stress is different because your path is bright and shit ain't looking bright. Ayo. So that kind of goes into like what we're talking about right now. It's like, yeah, like I'm, I'm stressed out now. And that kind of relates to what we're talking about right now. It's like, yeah, like I'm stressed right now. But I was so much more stressed back, stressed out back mm-hmm. then. And, like, it's different now because, like, now my path is, like, gold. Now my path is bright. Mm-hmm. Where, like, back then it was just black. Like, right. I didn't know where I was going. Right. So, like, even though, like, I still feel like this, my 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 path is, is, is lit up now. Like, I put in, like, the the, the pain to, to light my path up, right. you know? You know what's crazy? So that's how it's I like, I've never felt anxiety before in my life until the past year of being at home with quarantine but also it's because i have so many more things on my plate but it's like these things that i'm anxious about are like a privilege to me because i've always dreamed about you know being an artist on social media i've always dreamed about selling clothing and like a lot of the anxious things that i have anxious feelings that i have around these things are because i have finally like some of the dreams that i've wanted for so long so it's like I've I've never felt anxiety to this level, but it's like I've I've all, all like I've felt nervous before. You know, I felt like a certain like a low level of anxiety, not to the point where it, like paralyzed me, but I felt like anxious about grades, or I felt anxious about school, or like proving things to my parents. But that was back when like I didn't have a life path. You know, I didn't really have goals like that but now it just like it feels like more tangible right because it's like in my hands what i want to do right right. but it's more realistic mm -hmm, it's more realistic but it's like 
even I was actually telling my friend this. I was telling them that, like, I don't want to complain about these things that I'm anxious about, but it's things that I've always wanted, but like, I can't really complain about it, you know, but even though I, you should still be able to talk about it. Another thing that I'm anxious about is the concept of money. I, uh, my friend actually reached out to me before this episode. She was talking about how, um, money was always emphasized growing up at home, right? Because like parents mostly want you to be a doctor in these high paying jobs because they're high paying, because they have this concept of money where they want you to make so much money. You can like provide for yourself and them and just be so good. They just think that happiness is equivalent to having a lot of money, right? Right. So that's why jobs other than these three top tier jobs weren't really emphasized and she was talking about how she didn't really have a chance to explore different careers and whatnot because she was just so focused on those three jobs to make her money and I feel like I was also in that mindset where growing up I didn't have too much money obviously I do live in a good neighborhood I'm in an upper middle class neighborhood with a good school and everything but I was on the lower end of the stick compared mm-hmm. to my friends growing up here. Like we, we barely made it through. So money was a very big concept in my family just because since I didn't really have it growing up, my parents wanted me to have more growing up. So I didn't have the life that they had to give us. You know, they, right. they really wanted better for us. So I think now I have such a big emphasis on money just because I obviously don't want to go through all the trouble that they went through but it's it's it like adds on to the failure thing that i was talking about before because i also don't want to let them down so it's like i'm not following the traditional path that they wanted me to follow of like doctor engineer lawyer i'm an artist and a fashion designer whatever you want want to call me but like now i feel like there's so much pressure for me to like earn money succeed at what i'm doing and just pay them back again and I don't know, I just I just feel like it's just very heavy, especially since I am um, the first daughter of, oldest daughter of an immigrant family. So I feel like I have so much more weight on my shoulders sometimes. One more thing that makes me anxious is the idea of opening up to people. I think when the first mission that I met, I had, a, I had trouble with like expressing myself and, you know, mm-hmm. Just like being open, and tell, I think tell them how long it took for us to Facetime. Oh, okay, well, all right, that well, that's different. I was just insecure. <laughs> I was I was scared of Facetime, ah. but I had a very hard time opening up and expressing my feelings, just because I never grew up doing that in this house. I think a lot of people can relate to the idea that their parents never really expressed to them, you know, their love. Like they never, like outright, just said like, "Oh, I miss you," "I love you," like all those things. So I never grew up saying that, and I just like have a lot of trust issues with anyone that I meet just because of uh, family issues. And um, yeah, I just think it's really hard for me to open up, and I get really anxious when I meet someone new because I always feel like they have like ulterior motives, you know? My mom also told me as I grew older that all the friends that I have don't care about me the same level as family do, and that like everyone has like a negative reason to be talking to you. And I always felt like that was the shittiest thing to say to someone that was literally so young. But I think 
the reason that she was saying that is because, first of all, unfortunately, Bengali people are known to be kind of snakes. They kind of gossip a lot. Right. And there's, I'm sure there's a lot of people that have left my mom using her for information, using her for whatever it is. And so she was wishing that upon, she was kind of warning me. But also that kind of just like altered my perception of friendships and like how I interacted with people because I felt like I was just going to be used for my whatever it is, you know? And I don't know. It was just like, it's very hard for me to become vulnerable with people. And it's also with my experience, like with my experience growing up, obviously all my friends didn't just stay with me. Um, that happens as you grow up. But yeah, I just think it's really hard for people like us to be vulnerable right away. And I'm sure that can be relatable to not even just children of immigrants and people of color. I'm sure it can be relatable to a lot of people in general. So do you feel like there aren't a lot of people who really know you? I think that there are only about three people that really know me. Mm-hmm. I think that I have friends and and people that I talk to and stuff but I don't let it get to that point where they can actually know me just because I I don't know I just don't really trust people easily and I don't think that's a bad thing I think it's good to have your guards up because you never really know anyone's true intention but I'm saying that the root of this is obviously because I've been hurt before and I know how to pick my friends now but also the root is just like the upbringing that I've had where I've had to like, you know, trust less easily and just have my guards up. This man really just got up while I was talking about this serious topic to get his coffee. He had two coffees today before. <laughs> I'm tennis. ready. All right. Anyways. So another thing of why I feel like I can't really trust people right away is because since I don't really have that close relationship with my parents as of yet, I feel like we don't have that establishment where we can just like talk freely where I can just like you know tell her oh like I went to the bar last night or like oh like Hmm. or like oh my friend's pregnant you know like I can't say those things where Uh, it's like free like freely talking to a friend so I feel like I have to always be on the on the edge of my what is it what's the saying edge of my toes is that the (laughs) saying the tip of your toes (laughs) the edge (laughs) The edge of your toes. I have to always be. Mahua kind. Oh, like edge of your seat. That's what I was com- confusing with. Oh, okay. I always have to be on, on the tip of my toes. And I I just like don't have that relationship. So it's like it's crazy because like in your upbringing, how you are with your parents obviously translates into your relationships, your friend, your platonic relationship with the partner, like whatever it is. So I think now I'm just very reserved to a point where I just can't open up right away. Like I have to really know you for years. I don't know. I I I don't I don't really relate to that. I think I was really? really the opposite. Like you felt the like, opposite because I think uh cause, Yeah, cuz like I mean same thing with you like growing up in high school um you know, I, I had I had a bunch of like a bunch of stuff going on at home that um you know, you would think it would make me really reserved, but I think and me being so close at home just made me want to be like so eccentric mm-hmm. outside of home. That's why, like, I love going outside. I love being, you know, in the hood. I love being go- yeah. like going like up the block. And, no, but and I was also to, like, like my, my friends' neighborhood and stuff. Like, I was outgoing as hell. I used to freaking go partying. Like, I used to be out every single day. I didn't want to be home. Like, I get, I get what you're saying. I think most people would relate mm-hmm. to that with like, you know, with life at home sucking. 
it just like those are the traits that you that you uh, that you carry on. But I think I was just you know a, a different a different breed. <laughs> different breed. So so those are some things that makes make us anxious. Where do you want to go now? Do you want to talk about things that you know we do to to alleviate those pressures? Yeah. No. All right. Well, um, we start. I when you asked like when we were talking about this earlier, I couldn't think of a single thing. And now that I thought about it more, I don't think I do anything to alleviate <laughs> I tell the this man to sometimes take a nice bath. I'm keeping take a it, nice little that that stuff tea. doesn't uh, like. Here's the thing for me. Here's the thing for me. Yeah, I'll have some tea, but like whatever. But like, I I would much rather just just face mm-hmm. it head on. I think I think when when like you're you're like lost in like a jungle, you can either just like try to run out of it, or you could like try to be like tactical and like understand like yeah like this is this is reality right now. Let me let me figure out how I can maneuver through this instead of just like rambling and and just running in any direction because like you're you're scared and. Like you're scared of what's going on with your life, so I think that's me. I think um, you know, if I if I have something that I see that reminds me of like a traumatic experience or like whatever, I'll just I'll just sit with it and I won't do anything to to make it go away. But I think instead of like making it go away, I would like try to like expand on it and I would try to like. But I feel like sometimes it. I feel like sometimes those those traumatic experiences or those anxiety feelings they make you feel like, paralyzed so like how would you deal with that yeah i i don't have a way i think like, i let, just you just let you like let us sit with you yeah i'm i, I don't know I, I guess i'm just big on like you know let letting letting my body guide mm-hmm. guide itself and and taking it where like it thinks right. it needs to go so if that's if that has to be with you know sitting down and and processing these thoughts in my head and even though it's making me feel paralyzed or or whatever or if you know like it it triggers like a like a creative lobe in my head to where like i'm like okay like let me let me write about this let me let me try to expand on this let me try to paint about this let me go deeper about this and it wouldn't make it go away but i think at least it would um it would like uh, help like unlock something in my head or it would help um you know meet me to gain like a new perspective on it you know that's why um like a lot of my paintings have been i think i was when i first started the the most recent painting I did, I worked on it for like a couple hours and I didn't get much done because I think a lot of that time I was just spending um, thinking about what I wanted to do. And I remember that night, like I, I hadn't got any, I barely got anything done, but like I was like, yo, I, I, I don't want to work on this anymore. Even though like it was, I, all I did was just like make it black. All I did was like turn the white canvas and like I painted black and like I added like some texture to it or whatever. But um, I really didn't do anything. And I think it's because um I, I spent so much time just sitting with those thoughts. Yeah, I just wanted to go to sleep after. I didn't wanna I I, I spent too much time like digging digging mm-hmm. into it. Like make overthinking and making it worse in your head. Yeah. yeah. So that's just me. Um I think for, for like less heavier things. I, I love tea. <laughs> I'll have me some, some nice cam some nice chamomile lavender you to tea. That. Right? I'll make me Sorry. Oh. Sorry, did I not? What do you mean by that? <laughs> I like I'll have some tea, right? I'll 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 look at my plants. Something that my mom told me that I shared with you is really cute. I I know like I'm I'm talking a lot, but let me let me just get this point out. Like so I have like one of my newer plants is like a it, it's like a like a fern, like a palm palm tree, right? Like you've seen it, the one I I finessed. It cost like $60 I got for like 25, right? You know, when my mom came to my apartment to see it, 
she's like obviously like looking at my plants like teaching me like some plant care tips and she was like looking at the palm tree and like she like she was like oh like give me scissors and i gave her scissors and she just started like cutting off like little snippets of like the ends of the fern tree right and i was like what are you doing she's like oh like when whenever whenever i feel like any sort of pressure or any sort of like i need like some alleviation i'll um i'll just i'll just start taking care of my plants because i think just like the the balance of like having too much on your plate but not wanting to do anything and taking care of like a small mm-hmm. task that at the end of the day like has a big effect like plant care is important for taking yeah. wanting your plant to survive and thrive she's like yeah like it, it feels nice to you know when when you feel stressed to to do like these these small tasks that technically like are small for us but aren't like are are a big right. deal you know like it's important so yeah she's like yeah like whenever you feel like upset just just like take care of your plants like it'll make you feel better and i think about that a lot and i think that's something i started to do that's crazy because my best friend she has guinea pigs and the reason she got the guinea pigs is because obviously like sometimes we have those days where we don't want to get out of bed and like we don't want to take care of ourselves just because like we don't have that capacity to you know so she got guinea pigs because she knows that she has to like feed them she has to take care of them and like they're kind of like holding her accountable you know so it's like you putting your energy into something else that needs to be taken care of helps you feel better as well exactly Mm -hmm. exactly that i think that's what i was trying to say so so what are what are some things that you practice to to help alleviate so something that i actually started doing in january so the beginning of this year you know, a lot of people talk about journaling. I'm not going to say that I invented it and I'm, like, extraordinary. I'm not going to say I was, like, you know, freaking Isaac Newton. You love journaling. I love all journaling. All you do is cross things off your agenda. Yeah, but, I mean, journaling, That's all you journaling do for fun. and a planner is different. I love having a planner. I do it every single year. A planner yeah. is so me. I love scheduling, set, scheduling things throughout my day and I love the feeling of crossing it off. I feel like that just makes your day so much more organized. Obviously, things happen in the day that you can't control. So, like, sometimes I can't cross everything off. But I love journaling. And recently, I've been having this new thing where I just, like, dump all my thoughts into a journal, right? I, um, like, the other day, I was so anxious, I couldn't sleep. Like, my mind was racing, like, 500,000 miles per hour. It was going so fast. And usually, I have no problem with sleeping. So, I had this new technique that I saw on YouTube where you just, like, dump all your thoughts into your journal and it just like clear clears your head and it makes your thoughts more tangible because now you're seeing it written down into words and you're like oh shit like this isn't mm. as big as it is in my head you know it's really not that um serious and then after that I started doing this thing where I kind of make those things in my head into like for example if I'm worrying about like when something's coming out for my clothing line or I'm worrying about um, how I should proceed with moving out or something, you know? To make those things less overwhelming in your head, to make you less anxious, you got to make those problems into solutions. Like, you have to put step-by-step on ways right. you can fix that. So, for example, if I'm stressing out about moving out, I got to put down all the steps I need to take to make that come true or, like, make that less stressful for me. So, for example, I'd have to have a stable income, right? So that means I have to work on my clothing line. And then that means I have to um, think if I need a roommate or whatnot, right? So that way, mm-hmm. it, like, gives you a 
an even more tangible list of steps that you need to take to make this more realistic for you. And then even then, that can be overwhelming because now you see like a whole new list of things, right? But then after that, the planner comes into play. You know, you're making fun of me, but planners where this is so important. You put those in, those things into like certain days of the week so you can like actually put those things into action. So it like makes things more like feasible, you know, like you can actually like easily reach mm-hmm. those goals. So I've been doing that recently. So everything you said about journaling and planning, like it makes sense and and it, it sounds, you know, fairly easy to do. Like all you're doing is writing down your thoughts. Right. Why why don't you like what do you think stops people from doing it? Because there are so many people that hear all the time, kind of like me, you know, like journaling is the best thing, blah, 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 everybody should do it. But like, why, what do you think stops people from wanting to do it? I think a lot of people don't realize the benefits of it. And like, even like you, a lot of people, I don't know, I feel like it it benefits everyone, but a lot of people aren't in the habit of doing it. That's why they just assume that it's not going to help them. And a lot of people just think that like, they can just keep it in their head and that's, that's how they're going to just, I don't know, like categorize it in their head and somehow like learn do everything in their head without actually putting it down into paper like that's you like Mm. you don't like making a list you don't like making anything physical yeah yeah that's a i I guess that's a big difference between us and like i'm curious to know like people that are listening do you do you like journaling or or are you against it i'm not saying like i'm against it but i don't know i just um i think for me it's kind of like damn I, i really gotta you know, face this thing that's in my head. Mm-hmm. Like, I really have to, like, write it down and, yeah. like, look at it. And, that's, like, another form of and procrastination. Realize, like, I don't know. But... I wouldn't know. I, I, don't, I don't think I would call it procrastination. Um, yeah, I think it's just kind of kind of same thing as the grades. Like, damn, like, I got to look at this. Like, having it in my head is, like, enough. Like, I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be fine figuring it out just in my head. But, like, looking at it would just make me, like, damn, like, it would just make, make it worse mm-hmm. for me. I guess it, I guess, I, I, I mean, I don't think this is a right or wrong thing to do. I think, you know, people just have different ways of going about it. Another thing that I like doing is just like finally making time for myself. It's like obviously a privilege, but I just like, like unwinding at the end of the day and just reading for a few minutes or like doing something for me. I always have this mindset where I just have to like keep going and I can relax after a certain thing is done, but then something else would come up and I wouldn't ever have time to relax and that just like made me burnt out. So I finally, just started doing things for myself even if it's small um and the one last thing that i feel like is very significant is i just started at nighttime i just started looking outside of my window and just like sitting in the peace because at the time that i usually look out everyone's usually asleep and i'm in the suburbs so it just like makes me realize just how quiet and peaceful everything is and also just how small we are in like the grand scheme of things you know like we're making these mm-hmm. problems in our heads so much bigger and they usually are pretty big, but we just think that we can't get over it and that it's just like something that's so big is going to consume our lives, right? But when in reality, it's just like there's so many other lives that are happening, you know, billions of other lives and we're just like such a tiny speck in like the grand scheme of things. And I think just like right. me looking out the window at nighttime, it just like shows me how still everything is how what we're worrying about will not probably affect us later on in our life which whether whether it's like a month from now a few days from now or even like a year from now and i don't know it's just very calming to to see that you know to feel that type of solace yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i like that Mm -hmm. 
But then again, just like Mishun, I also try working through it. And that's very hard at sometimes, you know. It kind of hinders you sometimes when you're trying to work through those emotions. So, as you guys know, we like to tell you guys what our topic is for the upcoming episode. We like to get your thoughts, your feelings. Yeah, so so we have some questions. We got a lot yeah. this episode. Like, we didn't even have... Like, we posted it today and we're recording today. Like, it's not, it has not been a full 24 hours. And, like, shout out to the people who comment or respond, like, five, six, seven, eight different things. Like, like we see it and, like, we're very thankful. Um, we can't get to all those right now. But, yeah, we got a shit ton. But, yeah. Alright, so the first response that we got, they said, being the only f- female in the family pursuing business and the lack of support you get. Yeah, I think I can mm-hmm. speak on this. That's it. That's a that's a double entendre. We got female and business. That's a big mm-hmm. one. I feel like if it was you know like the son that was pursuing business, they would. Fine. I mean, they they still wouldn't fully have their back, but mm-hmm. obviously it would be um, you know, much much more likely. Yeah, I can speak on this. I remember I did not get yeah go for that it. much support at all. I mean, I didn't even want to start a business. I don't even think they consider me a business owner or anything. But just me pursuing something other than the careers that we're accustomed to it was not supported at all i remember i had a lot of anxiety just because you know for my family the lack of support but also the lack of representation outside of my family and how i just felt very alone even now i still feel very alone and i feel like i'm doing everything on my own so yeah that is a source of a lot of my anxiety as well but i'm i'm wishing that if you're going through this it gets better for you and you're able to do it yeah, if, if you're going through that, I think the advice that I would have is, again, like we, we kind of touched on this last episode, like you got to focus on like the tangibles. You got to show them like, yo, like I got 10 bucks here. Like, yo, I'm doing a show over here. I'm doing this over here. Like, make sure you keep up with those like physicalities that you can show them. And and that's, um yeah, that, that's, that's the best way to go about that. Um, another response says, a lack of communication, having to read someone's subtle actions, tone, body language. Yeah, a very big issue in my house still is the lack of communication when people are mad or angry or sad. And uh, it often leads to just ignoring each other until like you just have to end up talking. And it's, yeah. it's really hard when, you know, people don't, when parents don't know how to really express their feelings and which also means you don't know how to react when they're mad or sad because they didn't show it you know overtly expressively i think that's one of my favorite things about us is like we can talk about like you know if, if something is is upsetting us or something is pissing us off like we can always talk about it and we can count on the other person right. to not get upset about it yeah i think yeah. that stuff's important that's that stuff's so important mm-hmm. i think it's up to us to like unlearn that shit and like finally show how important it is to express feelings whether it's love or hate or anger or sadness to pass down to our children that you know it's okay to show emotions whether whatever gender you are whatever ethnicity you're from you know you should still be able to show it in the same way for sure another response another response that we got is the inability to express mental health challenges in south asian households yeah i think Mm. it's very hard for us to express that we're depressed or we're feeling some type of way because it's kind of pushed under the rug i know in my experience i didn't really have it taken um the best way 
And we also need to just not only have more representation in psych- uh, psychiatrists and psychologists and therapists to be more South Asian, but we just need to unlearn the fact that you're weak if you're feeling sad or depressed, or it's not a real thing if you're feeling sad or depressed, or it, de- or it has no correlation to your parents sacrificing everything or, like, your parents giving you everything. You feeling depressed usually has no correlation to your parents' um, sacrifices, you know? It's, like, a lone thing, and I, I just don't like the fact that a lot of parents take it personal and um, try victimizing themselves when their kid is trying to, like, open up. Yeah, a little exclusive for the podcast. Um, I, I used to go to therapy, and I used to be extremely picky about who I wanted my therapist to be because I just needed the therapist to be one brown and two a, a guy. Yeah, I feel like I need my therapist to have the same background culture as me to understand me. Yeah. And and I think what was crazy was like did like there's only one brown male mm-hmm. therapist in all of Central like no past Central Florida like all like I think there's less than five in Florida. Right. I think there's less than five uh brown yeah brown male therapist at least like that i found online and i was very lucky to find one around me and he was the only remember he even said he applauded you for being like the one brown um patient they had yeah he he told he he, that that's crazy that's crazy um he told me that yo you're you're the only i think he said he's the only one he had then and he told me he's like you're one of very few that i've ever seen he's like i think i was like his third one he's been doing therapy for like 10 years so that just goes to show like we need more man this shit is not taken seriously um i'll do i'll do one last response but she said that she was terrified of sharing her culture to people even small things like bringing bengali food for lunch or having oil in her hair i remember oh Oh, my god i remember the shit that we used to be ridiculed for like having oil in her hair having bushy eyebrows having freaking um like hairy arms whatever it is like, that shit's a freaking trend now. Like, why people are trying to be us? That's crazy, right? Like, I... That's crazy, right? I remember my friend, since she had bushy hair, like, bushy eyebrows and more hair in her arms, they used to literally call her monkey in elementary school. You know how freaking messed up that is? Uh, yeah, I've, I've heard And also, like, brown people were the ones calling her that. It wasn't even white people. It was just, like, brown people that were either, like, lighter than her or even darker than her. Like there's such a hatred in brown people as well. Okay. Man, that that's a that's a whole topic. Just like self self cultural hate. Right. Like that goes for honestly that that's not like just a brown thing. Like you, we like we can speak on like black on black hate. Mm-hmm. You can speak mm-hmm. on like Spanish on Spanish. Right. Like different Spanish people hate different Spanish mm-hmm. people. Like yeah, that that's that's just man. We have so much to talk about. I'm so excited to do this podcast. Mm-hmm. Facts. But at at the end of the day, you should bring those. Bengali foods. You should put that oil in your hair. You should be brown yeah, man. and proud. That that's what I was gonna say. Like I I didn't have a lot of brown people like that, but I, as far as I remember, I think for you, like you were someone who was you know like more so ashamed of of bringing that kind of right. stuff and, and and didn't want to. But I was just like, yo, I don't care, bro. Like somebody is gonna like it, and that one person is is enough to balance out everybody else to me. And like I think as long as you have like that that self confidence and that self love of like you know like you, you know what you're doing is 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 okay and what you're doing is you know like it's it's you being yourself i think as long as you have that self-love just just keep going 
All right, and I guess with that, we'll we'll uh, we'll conclude this episode. Do you have any any little advice to give before we sign off? You know what? Now that you asked me, well, you know, I got a little little five second advice. Not really five seconds, but I'll try to make it quick. So there's this famous saying to you know have a passion that makes you money, and then have a hobby that makes you um fulfilled and happy, and then. The third one is have a have a hobby that makes you fit, right? So mine was my passion is art and something that makes me money is not yet, but my teaching, like my career. <laughs> and then third is my um, me going to the gym, which makes me fit. And a lot of people are like, why don't you become an art teacher? That way you're doing your passion for work. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm already a small business owner. I'm already an artist. If I combine my art with my money even more, I'm just going to be coming home from work and doing more art for fun. And it's not going to be fun anymore, right? Right. And then for the gym thing, I always think that I was going to the gym for um, making me look better, making me brolic, whatever it was. But now I realize that I go to the gym for myself, you know, mental well-being. Uh And I do it to make myself feel better. So do that because... You need all those three things. Try to find those passions. Go ahead. It's your turn. How you feel about that when you like that? <laughs> like, before you started, you literally said, here's my five-second advice. Yeah, then I made a disclaimer that it was not five seconds, but continue. Um, I hung out with, with like, my childhood homie, my childhood brother, Galib, yesterday, and... We talked a lot about a lot of stuff, but one thing that really stuck with me was, you know, a lot of times we try to fix um, old relationships, like not romantic, but just like relationships you have with people, trying to like mend them, trying to trying to fix them up. And you try to be the bigger person in the situation and, and let go of a lot of stuff that that you might still hold on to. And there comes a time where like you become such a such a bigger person compared to the other that like they're too little for you to even recognize them mm-hmm. anymore. You know, essentially like you, you by like you by can't you fix the relationship because you have to get down to their level. I guess yeah, and and but on like the other end, like you you're you go through so much personal growth yourself that like you think in this process that the point of it is to fix these old relationships but it's actually just to grow yourself and you get to a place where mm-hmm. you realize you don't, you don't even need any of that anymore right but yeah i said that really bad i'll figure out a better way to say that but anyways we'll conclude this episode i hope you guys like this we definitely want to talk more about anxiety and depression and just open up the field to these discussions because we think it's really important we hope you enjoyed Please follow us on Instagram. It's difficult dish, and we post very frequently. And you can always give us some feedback. And please give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Please leave a five. Please, please <laughs> leave us five stars. And we will see you next week at ten a.m. Mm-hmm. Good luck, y'all. Bye. Allah, bye.